Hi everyone, welcome back to my channel. My name is Stassi. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh my god, I am so excited. I have spring sims here today. Thank you so much for coming over to my little channel and wanting to be interviewed by me. I am deeply, deeply honored. You have no idea. Yeah, I'm always excited to talk about literally anything. I'm like, I'm excited because I haven't done a podcast like interview of talking about myself in like two or three years so it feels awkward i'm like what do i say what do i do how do i speak to a person you're killing it baby you are killing it right off the bat <laughs> um well welcome before we dive in and i get to ask you all the fun questions i have in store for you uh why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your sims history well, um, my name is Steven. I go by Spring Sims pretty much everywhere on the internet. I've been playing The Sims for for so long, 23 plus years. I started with The Sims 1 when I was four years old. Should have not been playing that game at that age, but I did. I learned a little bit, didn't play it that long. However, I really got into The Sims around like The Sims 2 era and understanding mm -hmm. how The Sims works, what they do, how they do it. And I really got into like storytelling and directing of basically micromanaging all of my Sims because I'm a nutcase and crazy and want to control everything. But um, I don't know, I've just been playing The Sims for a very long time and I've seen a lot of changes over the years of like diversity and representation and just the way the game works mm -hmm. is like really cool and understanding the progression of like from the sims 1 to the sims 4 and i've been doing it ever since and i make youtube videos and i stream on twitch about the sims and yeah that's that's basically me basically I, I love that. You're an OG Sims player. I'm an OG Sims player as well. I've been playing for 20 years and awesome. I'm 30. So 20 years of my life is a long time. And I agree with you. It's really changed and grown. Like I, I also really kind of got more into Sims 2 because I was a little bit yeah. older. Um, a question I like to ask people, especially longtime uh, legacy players like uh, yourself and my, myself, is do you wish that we could go like if origins or ea game stop channel or ever ea game store is called now um mm. if it had the original sims that we could download everything like all the packs and the original and sims 2 was back on origins would you buy it oh 100 i <laughs> i already own the original cds i have the ultimate collection i remember when they were promoting the sims 2 ultimate collection yeah. around like the sims 4 and i'm like you know i already have it but it's free and i'm like i'll take it it's free i'll i'll go for it but if like they did it again where people pay for it i'll buy it again because yeah. i'm like it's i i don't know what it is but like the sims 2 is just like the game that really changed everything they went from 2d to four like 45 degree angle to mm -hmm. like 3d with 360 angle which is ridiculously crazy and they had a mind of their own and i know a lot of people don't know much about the sims 2 the yeah. people who were in that era they know but i think around the sims 3 people are like the sims 2 i don't know i skipped from the sims 1 to the sims 3 or the sims 1 to the sims 4 i'm like how are you skipping the iconic game the iconic generation that had literally everything it had a mind of its own so right i don't I know 
my theory on Sims 2, why Sims 2 is so great, um, is because when it came out, I think it was 2004 or mm-hmm. between that time, what was on the internet for us to do? Neopets? <laughs> <laughs> pinball download games download music you know yeah. weird stuff weird stuff right but this was like revolutionary like this there was. was nothing out on the market like this at the time and it really kind of really pushed boundaries and a, a complaint that i have for sims 4 that sims 2 did amazingly is the story and the lore behind yes. each sim that is just absolutely incredible and i i really do hope and we'll get to see we're starting to see a little bit more of that in sims 4 um especially with the later expansion packs coming out we're seeing the new townies have a little bit more backstory a little bit more gossip but like i want that was just so iconic and you have these kids coming in because now that sims 4 base game is free which i love we need oh same I, I want everyone to play one of my favorite games in the entire world. I just want them to continue to keep adding the best parts of this long steering steering franchise of the what made the Sims so great. And I'm I'm a little scared that like Sims 4 had a really rocky start, but it's getting mm-hmm. really good now. Um I'm really curious. Um, what are your thoughts then about Project Renee? You know, honestly, when they announced Project Renee, I'm like, what is this? I don't understand what it means. But I remember going back to like The Sims 4 when like it was kind of becoming a thing. They called it Project Olympus or whatever, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, that makes sense. They're kind of like figuring out what to name it. You know, they're going to call it The Sims 4. Of course, Sims 5, probably not an actual like name set in stone. Yeah. So, I'm thinking like Project Renee, the way they announced it, it was like, okay, I'm excited, but not really sure about it. I don't know if I'm going to really like it. I'm going to like it, of course, but like, I don't know if it's going to be something that's really going to hold an impact for me to play for a very long time. I like the customization of like what you can do with build and buy mode of what they've shown so far. You can play on your phone, I assume. Multiplayer, play with other people. That's cool. But I'm like a single player type of person where I, I'm okay with multiplayer. I just don't want to play with other people. I'll play by myself every once in a while. But you know, it, it's going to be something. I'm curious. I want more information. I want to see how the Sims actually work. The lighting seems really great of what they've shown so far. Mm-hmm. What's building going to be? Like, how are we going to be able to build houses, apartments? basically everything that we already have now in the sims 4 how are we going to do that in the sims 5 project renee i call it project rotisserie project renesame you know the unborn child that's not even a thing yet but it's still growing and understanding about how we go and live how we go and do things you know i I appreciate (laughs) the twilight were you a twilight fan oh yes i was team edward or team jacob team charlie okay daddy charlie can get it now as i'm like in my 30s daddy charlie was delicious i feel Um, like everyone's like team edward team jacob like those two were problematic they were crazy bella was delusional she she crazy charlie was in his own little world great person great dad did nothing that's a good thing he was in his own little zone he was great the other people were just crazy i don't know they were doing something Oh my god, I could not remember. Can I show you something? And there's no yeah. judgment here because this is a fresh tree. Um, I'm about to redo. I'm actually about to have my own office like out Ooh. here, which is great. But I still have 
my Jacob oh my. New Moon in original packaging with a nice Walmart sticker on there. Oh my goodness. I was never sell it. Never I'm never gonna sell this. This is too iconic. And now that like, you got people, married, like, you know. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, he my husband is totally fine with me being a huge Taylor <laughs> Lauder fan. Actually, it was so funny. Me and my husband and the awful gamer last night mm-hmm. filmed a podcast with like the newlywed game. That's why this is literally here because uh, Alex had asked Team Edward or Team Jacob. We both said Jacob as we then pull out Mr. Jacob. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so cool! I love the awful gamer. I've been watching his streams. He's like making like a Sims Legacy hub, and it's yeah. so exciting. Like, I am a legacy game player, so I live to see like how long it can take a generation from the first generation to wherever I go with it. But I'm excited for the website. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get my hands on there. Um, When it comes to like my like current Sims gameplay, um, mm-hmm. it's very sparse these days because podcasting just take up a good chunk of my time. And I, I do work a full-time job that's not uh, this. Yeah. Um, And I just, I, like, I have a story like, Boris Chronicles, it's a Sim story, but I can't wait to go uh, when I get access to it. Of being like, I need to fam- finally put out this family tray, <laughs> and I'm just excited. And, and I think it's just something so cool that the community is absolutely yeah gonna love, and we love Alex on this channel. Like we we, we love him. Um, but yeah. Anyways, so you when you start, you talk about YouTube. You yeah, you have like over two thousand youtube videos that is incredible <laughs> spanning up I, I think over eight years correct yeah because i started th- well i started this channel spring sims in like 2015 i believe but i had a whole separate like sims youtube channel dating back to 2011 so i've been on the internet since i was a literal infant <laughs> talk to me about how not only has youtube changed in the last 12 years but how has the sims community changed on youtube in the last oh 12 years gosh it's it's changed like very dramatically because when i started making sims youtube videos back in like 2011 2010 when i was like 14 13 14 it wasn't really as like big because i didn't really like explore that much but i knew people uploaded stuff on youtube and like Mm -hmm. i like writing i like directing i love the sims i want to share my stories about what i'm doing on the internet Mm -hmm. and you know you have to be like 13 years old to actually have an account on social media so i'm like now is my chance yeah um and i did like a bunch of like collaborations and a bunch of like sim machinima type videos which basically we don't know what those are it's like a short film but in the sims basically but we call it machinimas and i did it for a very long time and i did it with one of my other friends we wrote like a whole series called um remember me not the remember me movie based off of that one movie was like robert patterson i believe yes. it's not that one but it's like a completely different one back then it was like teenage pregnancy and lovey-dovey stories it it was a whole weird mindset and like era in 2011 and around like the sims 3 came around a lot of people started uploading let's plays and bills Mm -hmm. like james turner and urban sims and deli and stefo sims and even queen and life simmer i love life simmer and queen and urban and deli and james like those people really kind of shaped the Sims community, at least for me as like a, a viewer, but also as like a player, 
where like Jen and Life Simmer and Queen really showed like you can basically create whatever you want, have fun quirky sims or have a very deep rich backstory for every single sim but also you can have fun like just playing the game for what it is without any mods or custom content or like just no story at all just playing for what it is and then James and Deli they were really like very big I feel like in the big building community in my mm -hmm. eyes when I was watching them back in the day and I still do and it, it's like their building style was so cool. Their dynamic, their chemistry, their everything was like amazing. And I was like, maybe I could do this too, but I never really delved into the whole let's play journey until I started making my Sims content on Spring Sims back in like 2015. Now mm -hmm. I wasn't the best let's player. I wasn't like the best, you know, person. I never showed my face on camera up until like, I think 2020 or something like that, 2019. I was very behind the scenes, only voice, only just just me. And um, I don't know, I, I just kind of like took my whole Sims journey like deeper. And I wanted to like be able to share like different challenges and different builds and kind of experiment. And watching the Sims community grow from where I started to now, it's become a lot more grown up if that's even a thing i feel a lot of people have grown with the sims especially on the internet content wise playing wise whatever they're doing i think we are more sure of ourselves we were all kids or adults or whoever but i feel like we've all grown up and we're really sure like what our content is going to be and how we're going to do it and we've also learned that i guess every youtuber has learned this like we're making content for ourselves, but we're also making content for our audience, but mm -hmm. we're trying to make stuff that makes us happy at the end of the day, because we're just making content for second, making content, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And I didn't learn that until like 20, I think 16, 17 or something like that, that I need to start making content for myself. And I love story-driven, chaotic, wholesome family gameplay. And it's like, I need to start making that more often because that's what I resonate with and that's how I kind of found my love of The Sims and going back to The Sims 2 like we were saying earlier that The Sims 2 was the iconic generation that everyone in the, like in the world should have played no matter how old they were they should have played minus the cutscenes but I feel like the backstories of every single sim their family bios but every single sim had their own individual bio which made you understand who they really were without connecting them to the actual family. They had a memory system dating back to when they were literally born, who taught them how to walk, talk, mm -hmm. potty train. So The Sims 2 really kind of made me want to like bring that into The Sims 4 and The Sims 3 and in my own work and wanting to be able to become like a director. Like The Sims 2 literally defined my life of wanting to be like an actual writer, director, producer in the real world. And I still do. And I don't know, it's like, I don't know, The Sims just makes me happy. It's like my escape from reality and it makes me like who I am, even though if I didn't make YouTube videos, I would still play The Sims regardless. And it's, I don't know, the game is just phenomenal over the past like 23 years.
I think that was actually such a great answer. You surprised <laughs> you know me. What I, said. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love it. Um, I, I think it's really fascinating. And you, and you touched on a lot of good points. Like we kind of grew up with the game and now we're all adults and now we're making kind yeah. of more adult content because we are now adults. We're adults that own homes, are getting married, have kids, have responsibilities, right? So yep. we're kind of we're kind of putting that more into what we see in The Sims, into our storytelling, because we resonate maybe with our day-to-day struggles and we are seeing it and we can then represent like, oh, I understand how that person is going through because I also have same X, Y, and Z struggles. Yes. Um, I filmed a lot of podcasts and most of the creators I've talked to uh, only really started their Sims journey as adults when the pandemic hit, um, self-included. Um, I, lifetime Sims player, I I would have never thought of YouTube for Sims content before Kelsey and Peach K's 100 Baby Challenge with BuzzFeed. Oh, yeah. It didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. I, I remember I was in a dark place at the time and I mm-hmm. was, we were, I was, um, we were moving from a different city. It was, a lot of things were just really uncertain. And I turned on the TV and I was like, what is this hundred baby challenge? Cause I'm a Buzzfeed girl. Like that's like, I do the poll quizzes every day. Like, who are you marrying? Even though I have a husband, um, but pick your, like, pick your Starbucks order and we'll tell you who you belong with and like <laughs> X, Y, and Z. And I still gets me. Cause like, I love it. But I I really fell back in love with it. And I was like, oh my God, like this is so much fun. Like I never really realized that this community was out there because I was always just, it was just me and my friend that played Sims growing up. And we had nobody else ever played it. So it was just us two. And then we went our separate ways when we went to high school. So I was like, it's just me. And then, then, you know, life takes over. But long story short going back to a lot of people got into it in the pandemic and it was just a healing process of just being I'm at home I don't know what to do and I want to create content Mm -hmm. that um I can share and be like this is like the sims and I I love that and we're seeing so many great creators come out of that of just being like I want to be creative and now I have the time to do so if that makes sense yeah i feel like a lot of the times people a lot of people did definitely get into the sims back in like 2020 just because we were all at home we weren't doing anything and i think the sims allowed us to kind of pass the time and allowed us to kind of create our own life whether it was real or not or just whatever it's like that escape from reality and allowing you to like just make sims build houses tell stories and i feel uh, the sims itself like just as like a as a game with the developers and everything they also kind of i feel like they thought differently and of course they make their packs like years in advance until they come out like years later but mm-hmm. it's like we're we're seeing the content shift in a different way mm-hmm. we've seen the trailers are different the marketing's different the sims are different the stories the builds everything's so different and now that they're collaborating with like other people within the community to make the houses and hopefully one day the actual sims themselves that'd be so cool it would be. um but like seeing that they're collaborating with within the sims community more with whether it's kits or stuff packs or game packs or even expansion packs it's nice to see like they're bringing the community together within like the production early on so it's really nice to see like a lot of things I, it's gonna sound bad but i feel like 2020 the whole 
Panini was like a good thing. I don't I don't know. If it, I feel like it was a good thing in my mind because it allowed me one to slow my roll. I graduated in the pandemic in May. And I was like, you know, I might as well do this whole YouTube thing full time, even though I technically was for like so long. I never I always had like school. I had two jobs. I was doing volunteer work. I was in all these clubs. So I never really had like that one singular thing to just do and YouTube mm -hmm. and Twitch and everything else was that thing that, hey, it's only two things. Might as well do it full time and just continue to do it until uh, I feel like I can stop. But I don't know. I think 2020 for me was a good thing and it made me happy because I allowed allowed me to like think differently, be more creative. I started a podcast. I made an online store. I got more into digital art. I got more into collaborating with other people and just just being me and just allowing me to just do whatever I want, however I want. So I don't know. Some people may think it's wrong, but I think the panini was great. Minus the other things, but we don't get into that right now. But I, <laughs> I feel like it was just good being home, personally. I think it was a big change for yeah. a, a lot of people. Um, like like for myself, um, I it was the first time in my professional career I was sent home to stay home, mm -hmm. and and I wasn't I didn't lose my job. I didn't have to find anyone. I could just be me and I really got into building and I actually used to build every day um long before podcasting I was I've always been a builder um and mm -hmm. I built like 100 builds in 100 days and I released them oh I was insane oh my goodness I just I was I was obsessed with building and it, like looking back on it they're like absolutely garbage because I didn't I've but I would to me they were so great and the cutest thing um, throughout the pandemic, so I had um, my dream team, which is uh, my th my three closest best friends. Um, we were all kind of home. We, we weren't really sure what to do. The world was really negative outside, right? True. So I, I came with this idea because none of them had played The Sims before. And I had Origins. And actually, that's a lie. My best friend, Sierra, played The Sims because we shared our origins kind of off and on because she loved Kelsey and Peach K, 100 Baby Challenge. Like, she played The Sims just for Kelsey. I mean, who oh, didn't? Right? <laughs> um, we did Sims off challenges. So every week, oh. I, we would pick a different topic. So I, the first week, it was uh, build your dream home under 500K. And, and then we would then go in and then my, well, my fiance at the time, but now husband, would write us. And like, he'd be like, out of creativity, zero out of five were you able to meet your goals zero out of five and we did that oh, for four oh weeks gosh. um so we did dream house we did million dollar tiny home we did resort um and then we did disney cast and then we did uh houses shaped as animals um and then we did if we were gonna do a hundred baby challenge because we all wanted to get on for Kelsey Peach to pick one of our houses. Mm -hmm. Never happened. Um, and then last but not least, um, we did uh a, like a store. I like pick up make make a store. So we did we did all these different challenges 
and it was just so much fun because we would literally we didn't care about the pandemic outside we'd be like okay who's oh. using who's using sims tonight okay tristan has sims tonight rachel you have it tomorrow i would get it in and then friday nights from five to midnight we would go and we would watch every go through everybody's on oh you know, that is so yeah, cool it, it was just something to do and then like everybody kind of got back to real life after and i was like i really like the sims thing and i really yeah. I, i'm gonna start showing my stuff and i i remember like i was like i don't even know how i got introduced to the sims instagram community but it has absolutely changed my life mm-hmm. um it's just it's so cool of how like how people play the sims and how it translates differently to everybody but how this one game can bring everybody together i'm a huge believer that ea doesn't make the sims the community makes the game yes i agree with that like we we make the sims we play the sims we create the community i feel so it's like will wright basically gave us all a job (laughs) right and then it's like a dream of mine like i just want to be a writer i want to be a character developer so bad that's all i want to do i'm like i have so many ideas i know they're currently hiring right now for like the sims at maxis i know that um I one time, speaking of Will Wright and Sims, I, when I started my podcast, I was like, what if I ever get Will Wright on my podcast? That would have never happened because one, he's he's too expensive. And two, I don't think he would ever be, be on, like, why would you want me to be on your podcast? Like, I do different things. Like, so what was like to making The Sims? Like, what was your initial thought? I mean, we all, we know everything, but like, you know, let's let's, like let's discuss what's going on but i don't know he too expensive i don't got time for that (laughs) nor do i want to pay that price um but no it'd be so cool though imagine the og creator of the sims being on a podcast and like just kind of going literal deep dive oh my god if i ever book him i'm calling you (laughs) and you get you get to you get to host it i'll just sit in the back i'll be a guest on my podcast i'd be down (laughs) now they've talked about your podcast i I gotta talk about this as a sims podcaster to a sims podcaster talk to me what inspired you to start your podcast Mm -hmm. so i the reason why i started my podcast is because when i talk like a chatty kathy i can never stop talking but it's like also i used to listen to a bunch of like podcasts way before like back in like 2019 i would say mm-hmm. and i listened to like to the lore podcast by aaron Mankey, the pretty basic podcast by alicia marie and remy cruz um and just like a, a bunch of like different podcasts and i knew that i wanted to create something i know little simsy one of my good friends had a podcast called hey simsy a long time ago and that also kind of really kind of got me inspired to also do a podcast as well and I'm like, I could do a podcast. I mean, I already do it pretty much every day with all my my builds and all my videos. Might as well make one. But I told myself that if I'm going to make a podcast, I want to not make it like a Sims dedicated podcast. Because back, back then I was like, you know, I already make Sims videos and I already do Twitch streams about the Sims. I don't want to box myself in because... I had this mindset that if I'm just doing this one thing, I'll be known for that one thing and I can never escape it. Like, you know how with actors, they get typecast a lot saying, you've done comedy on the show for like 12 years. You can't do anything else. And it's like so hard to get out of that branch. So I was telling myself, if I'm going to do a podcast, I want to do something that's like, it is like there's Sims involved because that feels like that's what I'm known for. And that 
you know, gets people to listen sometimes, but I want to it, it branch out where I talk about, you know, the industry, the gaming industry, the acting industry, mental health, and just kind of getting more dip, like deep, rich understanding of behind the creators, behind the videos that we watch on the internet, whether they're sim YouTubers or lifestyle creators or actors, whoever who is willing to talk because sometimes people don't know what people are going through day in, day out because people get hate on the internet 24 seven. And it's so awful what people go through that they don't understand what their real life is actually about without sharing that real personal, you know, behind the scenes. Cause some, cause people go through mental stuff all the time. And I think if you're under watching a creator for like 30 minutes, an hour, you don't really get to see their lives out out of that because some people don't make vlogs some people don't stream some people don't really post on instagram or have really social media so kind of getting that mindset of like hey it's okay to talk it's okay to cry it's okay to scream we just want to you know understand what's going on and and understand how you are feeling not having to put on like this persona of like saying hi everyone it's me like it's me on the internet whatever because I feel like everyone has that, you know, YouTube voice where our pitch goes up like 10 octaves, but in real life, we're like, we're like this low. I mean, personally for me, I have a YouTube voice. I used to, and I feel like I still do. I think I'm just a, a natural, like cheery, talkative, upbeat person. Mm-hmm. And my voice is up how I'm like talking right now, but sometimes as time goes on, it gets a little bit lower because I'm like, okay, I've talked for like several hours. I need to calm it down. Um, but no, I have a very natural high voice, but a natural like medium tone. But I can go up 10 octaves if need be, but I choose not to. But I don't know. My podcast was something that I wanted to do for a very long time. I did it. I had an editor, which was very nice. And I took a pause because life was going on and I felt a lot of things were going on for me and mentally I couldn't do it anymore. So I took a pause and I said, I'll bring it back for season two. One of these days, a year went by, two years went by and I'm like, okay, I need to eventually bring it back one of these days and I want to bring it back. I just have to have the mental capacity to do it because podcasting is not that easy. It's not just turning on a microphone and saying whatever you want and uploading it. No, it's a whole thing. Of course, turning on your microphone, having some type of like topic you want to talk about for a good 30 minutes, an hour or so, and then uploading it somewhere. But the aftermath is like, you know, social media, getting your podcast out there to like Twitter or, you know, Instagram or TikTok and like marketing yourself. Because eventually, if you can see yourself doing podcasting for the long call, you eventually want to get sponsors or eventually you want to make this more professional where you do on camera and you have a podcast network behind you to help you and it could lead to awards and like you know big big things because podcasting is still huge and people think podcasting is dead but no it's literally it's growing spotify literally bought anchor and now it's like podcasting for something and it's like podcasting is good everyone Mm -hmm. has started a podcast in any shape or form, whether they think they did or not, whether you make videos, like that's not a podcast. It literally is. If you're talking for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, that's a literal podcast with no video. Mm -hmm. So it was like, 
a lot of people I feel when it comes to like podcasting or just creating anything, you have to like take that mindset out of your head saying, I'm not a creator. I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, I only draw or I only like paint or something like that. You're literally making content every single day. Talking's making content, whether you're not even a creator, like in the whole YouTube space, if you're like a banker or a doctor, you're making content, you're helping somebody's life, someone's accounting bills, everyone's a creator. And I think that's what people need to understand. You're a legit creator in any medium. I mean, Dr. Mike, he's an actual doctor and makes medical content and reacts to medical things sometimes on YouTube. Hello. So I think it's like the whole mindset of like having to turn on the camera and like figure out what to say or whatever. But it it, it comes with practice. The more you do it, the easier or the better you get, the more comfortable you are, you are with making videos. With all that being said, I like my podcast and that's why I started because I like talking. So if you can't tell, I can go on forever about this topic because I get asked this question a lot about not just podcasting, but just like how I got started why I create, what I do, how I do it, and how can I do it as well. Literally just start, everyone does it, turn on that camera, take a photo, do something. <laughs> I had four questions, you just answered all four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more than happy to answer them all again. <laughs> I appreciate it because I get asked the same questions all the time. This po- this podcast has been nominated for multiple awards. It's had sponsorships Ooh. throughout the years, especially this past year. To help, it really helped pay for the wedding. Um, I monetized as well, so it also helps. Uh, I, w- I will have, by the time the season is done, 200 episodes in two years. Oh my gosh. That's like I- 100 episodes a year. Oh my gosh. 143 episodes in season two, spanning a year and a half. Oh my god, that's a oh, lot I, of episodes. I don't stop. I'm not stop. <laughs> don't do it. Don't stop. Keep going. <laughs> I can't stop. I'm too obsessed. I have to keep going. I have to see what this train takes me because I'm very much enjoying the ride because I get to meet amazing folks and I get to meet people around the world and I get to get to hear the stories of why The Sims is great. But I kind of had the same antisocial crisis halfway through the season of being like, I'm just known as the Sims girl that asks if you like packs. Mm-hmm. And it, and I was like, no. So I have, not only do I have this series, I have a second series that p- piggybacks on my main one called Real Life with Stassi. And when we sit down, we talk about real life topics. And to me, the most important episode I wanted to film this season is I got to sit down with an OBGYN and we got to talk about the importance of ovarian health and how we are, it, not only is it not educated in schools or in mm-hmm. how important it is, but signs of showing for ovarian cysts, PCOS, um, when to take birth control, when not to take birth control, uh, mm-hmm. signs of pregnancy before like, we got to sit down and talk about it. And I got, I asked a lot of women, give me questions that you want me to ask that you're too scared to ask. I've talked to simmers that are, we talked about ageism with a simmer that streams at 65 years old. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've gotten to talk about what it's like to not be able to have kids. I've had conversations of fun ones as well, talking about the 16 personalities I, I will, there's no topic that I will never shy away from because every topic deserves a time in the sign, regardless if I may truly believe that content or not. It, someone else may say, hey, I believe this and I might believe that, but I want to hear their side. Mm-hmm. I want to know why they feel this way. But it's That's really it's, good though. Yeah, it's it's just so cool to be a podcaster and just being able to talk. Like you said, it's just a mic. 
It's just yeah. a mic. It's just a mic and a friend is how I've always looked at it. Um, I did listen to a couple of your episodes because Oh my gosh. <laughs> I ha- I ha- I have to as an interviewer. I have to, I have to know how was it like booking guests? And and what like what was it like? I'm curious. As someone who that's all I do is book guests all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I started the podcast, I was like, you know, I'm just going to ask my friends like who are YouTubers I'm like, "Hey, would you like to be on my podcast?" I'm glad that the majority of them said yes because that was great cuz it kind of got me into the flow of things. We knew each other, but we didn't know everything about each other. So, um it was definitely very easy, but also hard because like scheduling and trying to figure out questions to make and research and like understanding more, even though like I knew them, I didn't know everything about them. Like, so I went down to like their catalog of like all their old YouTube videos, sometimes our first interaction, you know, if we ever met in person, like it, I went full on like research. I had several documents of you know, topics and questions and backup questions and rapid rounds and everything. And it, it made the podcast fun Yeah, where I was like, I'm trying to make it flow, but it felt like it was like structured. That's yeah. where I think where I felt, I fell off a little bit because I was too structured and I didn't let it flow as much, but you know, I try, but. Hey, I appreciate it. And not everybody can host a podcast. And I'm just saying that not everybody yeah. has the charisma to be able to hold a conversation for an hour. I don't know about you. My longest podcast is three hours and 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. And That's it, so long. As we know, it's everything on this channel is uncut. Nothing was cut out. We sat and talked for that long and it didn't feel like it at the time. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Um, that weekend I did three, three hour podcasts back to back to each other. Oh I was, God. I was, I was like nine hours in a day. I was like, that's a lot of talking. I feel for me, was- I mean, I can hold a conversation as long as I'm like the, the conversation is like good to talk about. Yeah, so it's like, it's easier. And I feel like if I know the person and I know how, you know, they are, how they speak, how they talk and everything. It's like, okay, I can hold a conversation for several hours on end, but I'm literal like a sim. My social bar will deplete very quickly if I'm not feeling it. I'm like, I need to go home. I want to leave. But most of the time I'm like, I'll stay in the conversation for as long as I can and dip out whenever it's like, you know, time. Cause I don't go to parties. I don't do any of that stuff. But when I'm out in public in events, I'm like, okay, how do I leave? <laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely very awkward, but I think I do try my best to stay and be like in the moment and be very connected with the person that I'm talking to because, you know, I'm trying to, you know, show respect and, you know, be there and like listen and understand and, you know, just, you know, just have fun basically. So. Yeah. I, I love that. Now you said that when you're ready to come back, when, when, when do you, like, do you think you're going to come back like next year or has, are, are you just, when the moment hits you, you'll know. I, I want to really come back next year. And I've been feeling this way of like, I want to feel that's the right moment to bring mm-hmm. it back. And I felt 
there were different moments in my life. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to bring it back. I'm ready to do it right now. I had planned it out for several months way before this whole interview that I wanted to post it literally last month. But then things happened, TwitchCon happened, me traveling, me moving, and a whole bunch of spiraling and mental things going in my brain that just didn't allow me to do it. And um, I want to bring it back next year because this month and next month is a lot. And I feel like if I plan now, I'll be okay to start recording again and kind of get back into the groove and just have fun. But I think next year will be good. 2024, I'll be turning 28 in that year of February, which is very weird because I feel like a child. But what what can I do? But I think it'll be really fun. And if you ever want to be on my podcast, I am, I would be very excited. I loved that's what I like I love I love being on like other people's podcasts because I'm actually the most like awkward person to ask a question because I I'm like uh so like here's this one time in like elementary school where this happened which has nothing to do with the question (laughs) you asked me I usually leave people asking like when they once they ask me a question they're questioning like like why do I know this person they're insane That's usually how I end conversations with people, but it's fun sitting on the chair because I, I, I'm like, so like, so like, why is the sky blue? Like, can, can you tell I me a little bit know. more? Yeah, right. I thought it was green. Oh my god, <laughs> same. <laughs> Sometimes though, it is green or oh. orange, and it's very weird. Oh, hundred percent. Today is gray. Um, yeah. I'm. I live in Canada. I live in Ontario, so it's starting to get winter. I live in Illinois, and it's. It's 80 degrees and it's ridiculous. It's way too hot. Tomorrow's going to be like in the 60s. I don't know if that's, I don't know what that's in Celsius or anything, but the weather's weird in the Midwest and it needs to stop. Yes, I could not agree more. Now, you actually brought up Illinois. I was going to bring this up after. Um, I love Chicago. Um, I actually got proposed to in Chicago. Chicago is my favorite city to go to. Um, I've been there 10 to 12 times something like that um yeah I just I I not only do I love the food um I love the art museum and my husband my now husband uh proposed to me in front of the bean um it was yeah oh where you didn't have to pay because at Disney you gotta pay to get proposed there and that's (gasps) ridiculous you have to pay well I think it's like a wedding or something like if you want to have like Mickey be at your proposal and like other stuff and also if you want to have your wedding at Disney it's like 10 tens of thousands of dollars to get married at Disney and it's ridiculous that I did know not to be engaged I would have been like how good how did they know (laughs) I think it's like some people want to do like if it's like preparing and planning the proposal that's like a whole other thing but okay yeah that's that's insane yeah no he literally proposed to me and I as soon as I realized like he was like oh and I was like oh and then this whole group of people like swarmed and that's scary I loved it um because I'm a drama queen and there <laughs> there's like a girl in the back like, like oh my goodness it's, it's so cute. <laughs> but as an I love Chicago style pizza now I have to ask are you Giordano's are you see the thing is i'm lactose intolerant so oh. i i'm one of those people who can't really i can have it but i choose not to harm my my body that's fair. Um, yeah, that's very smart so um i've never had that i used to work at little seizures for like two and a half years and i quit okay. because that was a lot of work and a lot of stressfulness but yes. 
Um, I've only ever been to Chicago one time and that was like for a Google event that I did because YouTube stuff, but I've only been to Chicago one time, which is very weird because I've lived in Illinois pretty much since I was nine years old. Um, so it's like four hours away from me and I'm like, how have I not gone? I think the whole driving part, because I can drive now and I've been driving for like, since I was like 17 I'm like, I don't want to drive. I literally hate driving. I don't want to drive ever again. I'd rather just float or teleport. Yes. All yeah. right, Clint I I want a Rick and Morty portal so I can teleport places and then literally. Teleport. That's all I want in life. Okay, I will make you a promise. If you ever go to Chicago, I will go invite me and I will take you to all of the best places, all of the best comedy clubs, and all of the best jazz bars and where all the hidden food gems are. Oh, good. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't disappoint. I, I, my best friend and I are like, we got to go to Chicago like next year <laughs> because I keep saying we're going to do it like throughout the pandemic. And I'm like, can't, I'm getting married because, yeah. like, because I had, unfortunately I had to move my wedding like twice throughout the pandemic. Oh well, tw- I was originally to get married in 2021 and 2022. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So it just kept the ball kept moving. I'm like, I can't take you to Chicago because I can't afford pay my bills let alone let's go on a trip but if you ever go to chicago we'll beam there you know what we'll, we'll just we'll just take we'll just like open up a portal it's fine mm-hmm. it, we know they exist like yeah. if, they, if they have vortex walls in the sims like real life's got portals somewhere and i we'll just look- learned about the amtrak so i'm like i could start taking the amtrak up there way easier and way cheaper Oh, 100 percent and now amtrak comes to canada so that's like how we're literally getting to chicago is from toronto oh to wow chicago. yeah it's I did a not long, know that. It's hmm. a long train ride, but it is going to be well worth it because I'm going to just eat food. I would fall. I would fall asleep and read a book, <laughs> or put on a podcast. I'm like, I'm good. I don't Friends. care. Fifteen hours. I got my stuff. Could not agree more. Well, now we talked about your podcast. What are your hopes and dreams and desires when you're ready to come back with Sims Two? Oh my God, you're season two. Season two. Yeah, my little season two. Your little season two. Yeah, what hopes, Um, dreams, or desires? Anything that you think you would want to do differently from season one? Well, I want to definitely think about the questions that I ask and how they're like not always the same. I do want to have different guests on. I want to expand my range of like not being afraid to ask other people with like outside of the Sims community mm-hmm. more specifically, just because I'm like, okay, I want to branch out and see how I can do this, especially with like hosting and like understanding how to host better, um, especially on camera and do it like on Twitch and do it on like different platforms just to kind of be there. And yeah. my hopes is that it'll be very successful that one day I'll get nominated for an award. That'd be very cool. I would love to be nominated for a People's Choice Award. That's what I would love. Okay. Or an Oscar, which I don't think they have a podcast category, but I know the People's Choice Award does. We can make an Oscar. I have a dream of mine to be to win an Oscar. I'm a huge movie buff. As oh, my, same. Oh, my God. Like, I... The Oscars in my house are is Christmas Day to me. I, like, I watch all the Oscar films every year because same. I need to make sure, like, I want to make sure that whoever 
up to win because we there's always the darlings we always know the favorites right mm-hmm. so i'd be like because i'll be like oh like this is melissa mccarthy's year or this is leo's year like we know that going into it but i want to like i want to i want to watch every movie and i want to gauge it now what i'm the most excited for is that ryan gosling is probably going to be nominated for playing ken not only that that i'm just ken could be nominated for best original song i can see that i can see that happening i okay because i i saw the movie and everything and i'm like okay it's very good i love the whole film it's wonderful and i'm like the song is good too it's very it's emotional it has some deep richness to it it means something it's like i don't want to be ordinary i'm just like i'm just me yeah i'm like okay yeah the whole ken part i don't really know he had some arcs and some ebbs and flows in the beginning to the very end you know i i I think so probably hopefully because i mean everything got pushed back because there's a current actor strike going on so everything is literally on pause and it's so hard and i literally hate the amptp so much because i literally like i like they don't want to like they want to have certain things they want to have where basically they scan background actors and use their likeness literally forever pay them one time yes. and then use them forever but sacks like no 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 we're not doing that we are going to fight for every single member in this industry forever and i love that they're still continuing to fight the fight they're almost i think a hundred and some odd days right now yes but the writer strikes over which is great but the actor strike is like okay Let's resolve this AMPTP, get get it together so we can all get back to work because it's literally costing them billions of dollars yes. for us not working. <laughs> I'm an actor and a voice actor, so it's like, hello, <laughs> come on, get okay. it together. I, I'm movie producer number two. I'm giving you your dream role. Who? What is your dream role? What type of movie are you in and who is your co-star? Ooh, my co-star. I would love to be a co-star with um, Viola Davis or Denzel Washington or Samuel L. Jackson, I guess. One of those three. Um, I would love to be in like a drama or a comedy. That would be really fun. Something like mystery where I live, honestly. Um, I don't know. What was the other one? uh movie like what type of like so what type of movie would you want to be in i'm like i'm giving you here's Mm. 600 million dollars pitch me a movie right now i think a movie about someone finding themselves from Mm. their hometown to where they want to go let's say we're in the state of alabama or georgia and wanting to go to a new world upstate in canada somewhere trying to find themselves a newfound journey where we have a beloved dream of becoming a musician, a director, a producer, but mm-hmm. no one really believed in us. And we wanted to be able to get to where we needed to go, but we didn't have the right connections or the right friends or the right place or the right you know, environment to be. Cause we had a very toxic family or a very toxic friendship that allowed us to think that we're not good enough, but we had to separate ourselves from that situation to move on. So we took our bags and dragged ourselves up north to Canada, where they say it's the land of the free, free healthcare, even though we pay in taxes. And it's like, there's so many cool things out there, the land of the living. And we find my co-star Viola Davis or Samuel Jackson or Denzel Washington. And they're there saying, hey kid, or hey, whoever, 
we're here for you, we'll help you, we'll guide you along the way. And then, you know, in that moment, it's like things start happening for the better, but then a twist happens where it's like the pandemic. And it's like, where do we go from here? How do we start? And it's like the apocalypse, I don't know. But something like that, I watch a lot of movies and I do a lot of storytelling and I never plan anything in advance. So it's like me just talking and then words come out and I'm like, is it making sense? I don't know, but people think it makes sense. I'm like, okay, it's working, it's working. But um, that's all because of The Sims 2. That literally, I'm literally not joking. Sims 2 literally inspired me to think of storylines differently. Mm -hmm. So, I would give you an Oscar. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I've always wanted an Oscar, like literally in anything. Um, oh, same. Oh my god. Um, I like that. Um, yeah. I, I also appreciate. I anytime I need to know anything about the writer strike, I appreciate anytime you post on Instagram. Yeah, I'm like, yes. I'm more than happy to talk about it because I'm telling you, there's so much going on right now, and they're they're still in negotiation. The AMPTP said their last and best offer, which in it really isn't they 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 don't know what they're talking about they do but they don't um but i feel like sag it's like fran dresser and you know the negotiation committee they're doing so much hard work and we're fighting a good fight mm -hmm. for better residuals protection yeah. against ai and it, it's tr we're trying to make a better living and we're trying to make a better living for the future of actors, especially because AI is scary. In my eyes, I feel like it's scary. Some people think it's good to have in certain situations, I feel. But it's like it it ruins it a, a lot for different people in many different scenarios, whether you're a producer or an actor or a writer or, or whatever, or even a teacher. It, literally, robots could replace us. And mm -hmm. we're trying to fight a good fight against that where we already have chat PTP or whatever that thing is called and some other AI writing things for us where we don't have to think or we don't have to write. We say, I want a red bird on a sky blue balloon and it literally pops up an image or a whole literal dialogue of everything. Um, and I feel like in certain instance, school related stuff, I feel it's like okay in some capacity because that's education and school mm -hmm. has a lot, of, a lot of limitations when it comes to computers, what they have access to that I can understand. But when it comes to like acting and scanning your likeness, your voice, your face, your everything and being paid once and then never seeing a paycheck ever again, that's ridiculous. Certain voice actors, certain actors themselves have had their whole face like scanned and in video games that they did not recognize and they never saw a single cent, which is mm -hmm. ridiculous to me. Mm -hmm. But also like, I remember Tom Hanks had posted on Instagram, which is so wild to me. I'm like, Tom Hanks, you haven't posted in so long. But he like posted something on Instagram saying that if you see like a commercial floating around about a certain product, it's not me, it's AI. I wasn't paid, they didn't consult me. So it's like, Tom Hanks is a huge, Big, big actor. We all know him from Toy Story and all these different films, Forrest Gump, all that stuff. And it's like, he didn't endorse that. That's scary. And then I know also, you know, may he rest in peace, Robert Williams, his daughter. It's like, with all that going on, he mm -hmm. still has like a, the voice. He was a genie in Aladdin and he had all these other big, big films that he voice acted in or did on camera work for that they're trying to like the AMPTP is trying to use like living and dead people on projects that they either don't have a say on it's crazy and 
I feel bad for like Bruce Willis. He can't act anymore because he what he's going through right now is very, very sad. And like I looked on Hulu and saw all these films. Like, where did these films come from? He acted in them, of course, but like it just came out of nowhere. Like that's so weird. Which is nice because I get to see his films. But Mm -hmm. it's like he can't verbally do anything now, which is not great. And knowing that if his voice or his face or anything gets used in his likeness without him being paid with his estate, that's going to be very scary. So SAG is fighting the good fight against AI, better residuals, better pay, better compensation, better everything on set and off set. So hopefully we hear some good news and, um, we'll all go back to work <laughs> yeah so. I, again fingers crossed because well, i have a lot of actor friends out there like i hope you guys go back to work so it doesn't like we have a different one in canada so it's a little different for us because yeah. we don't have we don't have sag mm-hmm. um but ai is really scary to me in this industry um, yes i use ai because uh i use grammarly which is just basically ai oh right same. same right so like there's good versions of it i'm petrified of because I have these long format podcasts of someone t- coming in here, taking my, my sound and being like, Oh, she, we don't have to pay her to do voice acting. We're good. Right. She And I'm like, and you have these kids who are like, yeah, I'll be a voice actor. I'll do whatever you want and just sign their life away. But they don't, they don't understand what they're signing because their agents just like, just do it. Just do it. It's great. It's great. It's great. And then they're screwed for the rest of their lives. I found it really fascinating um seeing some of the actors talking about the residual paychecks yes um, when this all goes out because you think of like um I can't like I think it was a couple actors from like Lizzie McGuire mm-hmm. or just like shows they're like yeah like I make 12 cents a month off residuals yeah. like I can't live off this and my best friend's best friend uh she's in the industry she's a choreographer mm-hmm And basically she's like, so in the industry, you're known as this one person. And -hmm. you like, as you know, like I, let's say Saucy is known as being this, the bitch. Okay. I'm the bitch Mm -hmm. in every TV show. So I'm only going to be classified as that. So I will have a hard time getting outside roles of being like, oh, she's her from this. And she plays a bitch. Right. So like, that's why you have to live off the residuals because you'll have a hard time getting work. And it was explained to me that way. I was like, oh my God, that just makes so much more sense. I just, I just associated for like all these like star like Game of Thrones people like, oh, they're going to live off residuals for the rest of their life. No, they don't don't pay streaming. It's like a whole other thing too. It's like, they didn't want to like share their their numbers of how successful their shows are and they don't get yeah. paid off of that like stranger things and orange is new black and all of the big big heavy hitter original series on these platforms they weren't sharing that data or not as much mm-hmm. to understand like how successful even though we knew they were successful because they kept getting renewed after season after season after season and it's like where is this all going and so yeah. hopefully we, we um get that data and more residuals will come through more better pay and like not just even the actors are like out of work it's like the people who are on to like the makeup artists and the ad's and all the producers like everyone who literally makes the production happen is like also out of work too and that's even scary because if they don't have jobs how are they going to live certain people have to sell their homes their apartments and move out of california where 
a lot of the times that's where usually all the productions are held, but now they're being held in like Atlanta and different, you know, areas because now there's laws being passed saying, hey, we have this law in our state, you can film here and build a studio here. Tyler Perry, he's doing great where he's at right now because his studio, he's a director, he's a producer, he's a writer, he's an actor, he does everything. And he's, he agreed with SAG's terms so mm -hmm. he can still do his stuff which is great because he agreed and a24 who makes all these like amazing films like everything everywhere all at once and the lv elver elver elvely the presley movie basically <laughs> um like all these other different like you know cool films yeah. are being made and the whale brandon oh Fraser, my god i love him so much so, he's so such cool. a good film yes oh, oh. He's so good um yes. but yeah i feel like if they disagree, then things would be good. And um, and everyone can get back to work. The actors, the writers are still writing, but it's like, we can't act because we're on strike. The writers can write, but we can't perform what they're writing unless certain studios agree. I know that Lionsgate agreed to SAG's terms because I saw Rachel Ziegler promote her movie, The Hunger Games. So if, the, if studios agree, the actors can promote their work henceforth they get more marketing, more money, and, and things come through and whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's nice to see the progression of the industry grow from where it started way back in the olden days to mm -hmm. now, and especially how the strikes have changed over the years. Yes. And I follow everything on like Instagram, Deadline Variety. I follow the actual official SAG after a Twitter account and Instagram account and their website to learn more about the strike. And it's just nice to get all this information from the official people who are spreading good information, right information. And if you're not aware, you can always look up on their website and it's all there. And I don't know, it's it's definitely a lot, but it's definitely good to talk about this because mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about it, I feel. But I don't know, that's just me. I, I appreciate that. Not a lot of people talk about it, um, especially not in like southwestern Ontario like no one cares right so you, you kind of get like these snippets of like oh like this is happening or this is happening but it's nice to see like hear it from the horse's mouth basically idea like mm -hmm. this is what we're doing um I do appreciate that SAG is fighting for actors because you need to especially in this day and age of not getting like ex extremely overtime or not being part of the union or it's a lot hard to get into the union and protecting your rights of your likeness yeah. right um but that was a fun segue i do appreciate that and i, and I love that because again i'm a huge movie buff yeah um, and also i wanted to say that if people yes. wanted to know more about the strike and what they're what we're fighting for you can always go to sagaftrastrike.org which is s-a-g-a-f-t-r-a strike which is s-t-r-i-k-e dot org to know more about the strike and what's going on. The link yes. will be below. So if you want, if you're listening to this podcast, just click on the link if you want to learn more about the strike. I think it's very important as we all need to know because we all deserve human rights, no matter who you we are. We do. Yes. <laughs> now I'm gonna to switch topics completely and we're gonna talk about some we're gonna talk about SwitchCon. How yeah. was Switch? How was TwitchCon? Like that is just such a like a lifetime achievement and just like a, like an amazing moment. Talk to me about the whole thing. I want to hear it from beginning to end. Oh my goodness! So basically, 
when they I think they announced TwitchCon so long ago and said that hey we have like submit your content for panels or whatever and yeah. I'm like now is my time I can submit a panel idea it was about creative approaches about charity fundraising which with my friends and it was really fun because it was my first ever TwitchCon I've ever went to and my first time ever like speaking on panels which is very scary so and you would think I would get used to it because I had a podcast and I would talk to people all the time, but no, not in front of people in real life. Yeah. But um, I was on four panels, which is ridiculous. It went from one panel to four panels in a span of, I think, three weeks because I got <gasps> kept getting emails. That's amazing. And um, it was a lot. I, I did one panel with my friends about charity. I had another charity panel that I did for Twitch Creator Camp. And then I had one sponsor, I had two sponsored panels, one with Fidelity Investments and one with Logitech and uh, Logitech G and Streamlabs. And that was also very fun. One was about financial stuff, about how to better your finances as a creator. Mm -hmm. And then the other one with Logitech G was about representation in the gaming industry. And um, it's very important because the gaming industry is huge and we still don't have a lot of good representation when it comes to POC skins, mm -hmm. hairs, like different cultures, different hairstyles, different clothing, different themes or whatever we get updates for, whether it's Sims or not. It's like it's still an ever growing process for the gaming industry. And a lot of people need to understand that we need these certain things to feel represented and feel happier with what we're we're creating, whether we're making content or not, or just playing ourselves. And it's like you know, having pronouns and having, you know, different types of hairstyles or different types of like gender in the game is good. Like Sims does like a really good job. Like Sims has been going for 23 years. It's never going to end. Mm -hmm. We have so many things thanks to Momo Misfortune for fighting the good fight of making a petition that they made for pronouns in the Sims. Now we have pronouns and we have binders and shapewear we have hearing aids we have glucose monitors we have so many cool things and then also thanks to like xmir mira for better skin tones in the sims for like if it literally wasn't for xmir mira we literally would have the ashiest <laughs> skin tones in the game i feel mm -hmm. and now we have a plethora and we have a slider to make the skin tones lighter or darker whoever we want and we can also save them as well for continuously over our save files and it's nice to have that and then you know with ebonics of adding in you know new hairstyles and nails and like con like basically the sims con like consulted and worked with ebonics and Ebon and x mirror mirror and momo with these different features that we've been wanting for so long and even having the time to expand their range of who they work with how they work with the people especially outside of their company Mm -hmm. shows that they really do care but also things do take time because game development is just not a one-timey thing you just pop, open up your program make something and publish it it takes time to like get things approved by the higher-ups but also by the um companies that like xbox and playstation to get their games onto their platforms and trying to think of new ideas for their game like sims specifically they make their packs in advance like we we've all known that they've said that for so many years that they make their packs in advance they hold meetings of all these different things we've had community stuff packs where we as a community got to vote on what we wanted and it actually happened i remember it was i think it was um 
laundry day stuff or some type of pack, I believe. And it was nice to have that involvement of seeing behind the scenes of like all these different options and saying, here, pick X, Y, and Z of like what build theme, what cast theme, what the overall theme you want to see. And it's nice to see that we're getting more cultures. Like the new expansion pack for Rent um, is basically inspired by Thailand. And that's really cool. And I just love the fact that they have so many different cultures. I loved, I call it the Yeehaw pack because I feel like there's no other way of saying horse ranch. But um, I call it the Yeehaw pack. I mean, I loved the snowy skate pack that was really fun of having that representation Mm -hmm. and then having all the other different packs because most of the worlds i feel in the sims 4 are very americanized and feel so american and that just feels weird yeah it's okay but it's not okay at the same time because i think having different styles of worlds does make it better to see yourselves within the game and also working with other simmers from said countries or said you know backgrounds to work on the pack is also very cool so i don't know they just do a really good job and i feel like the sims just it's never ending and it'll never stop because they always think of new ideas they literally give us they they basically ask us for input on what we want to see they have literally launched a whole brand new discord a public discord which i thought was insane at the first time i'm like that's a lot of people mm-hmm. it has like twenty six thousand people in that discord right now and that's scary but it has since gotten better which is very nice but um I think having one way to bring us all together in one format, one platform is nice because we can all communicate together and we can always see the excitement amongst each other. Everyone has their own stories. Everyone has their own way of creating, whether it's Sims or builds or literal storytelling or challenges. And the Sims community continues, inspires me to be better, do better, and speak up on things that are important. And I don't know, I don't really consider myself a big simmer, as some people call me, which it feels weird, and I don't consider myself that at all. I consider myself just a simmer who plays the Sims. And, but I can recognize that I do have a platform as large as I do on certain degree, mm-hmm. that I'm like, if I believe something's wrong, I'll say something's wrong. And I'll just be blatantly honest, like some stuff in the game is crazy. I don't play with half of the packs just because I don't. I have them all, but I just don't play with half of them. Because one, they happen too often. We get these releases too quickly. So Mm -hmm. I don't have enough time to really fully immerse myself into the gameplay. Like now I'm understanding growing together. I love that. I love that pack. I'm a family game player through and through. And it's like... I'm really understanding that family content. That's what I really love. The milestones, wonderful. Infants, wonderful. Never play with infants during the 100 baby. That's a huge mistake. (laughs) Do it with one sim or two sims only and you're good to go. (laughs) Never doing the 100 baby because I have made that mistake several times and I am only at 50 babies right now and I'm losing it. (laughs) I bet. See, okay, so if I, if I, if I ever got to talk to Daddy EA, which he's never gonna talk to me because I'm a problem child, so I'll <laughs> I'll never I'll never be an EA game changer. I'm just gonna throw you that. No. Oh, baby girl, I talk. I'd be like EA. Let's talk about let's add a little more diversity. Let's add some more worlds that are not Western based. Let's. Oh no. 
there's certain... people I, I literally am not joking people will be happy for you to be in the program people got accepted into the program not too long ago like uh, a lot of people which is like great. literally yesterday yeah <laughs> like, literally, literally yesterday, yesterday. We're recording. <laughs> i know i so, i was because everyone kept asking me they're like sauce did you get in and i'm like still says pending i mean yeah. you never know because i think a lot of the times the program you know comes in waves so it's like you never yeah. know it could happen literally tomorrow or the next week or next year because i mean you're figuring out some new stuff the program's changing they're doing some new stuff so yeah because i looked at the podcast category so i was mm. like we'll see who knows i also did that in like 2021 when i was okay. a, when i was a baby and i mm -hmm. was like yay everything's it's amazing no i go on full rant so like let's make the sims better and all inclusive for everybody so everybody can find make themselves in the sims without needing to have cc to truly no, that's what they want to hear i feel because i mean whatever makes ea money they want to hear all the opinions and all right. the 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 things so i mean whatever makes them to make more money the better which sounds crazy, but I think it's like important because they are a company, they need to make money. So they want to make games that actually sell. So yes. it's like they want to have people in, not in their back pocket, like more so like in their, um, in their like communities yeah. to say, hey, we want these things X, Y, and Z and how we can do it. But also I think now, because we as simmers, we're chaotic, we're insane. Yes. We can go feral on so many different things and so many different topics yeah. that sometimes I think certain people don't know how to like express their criticism in the right way. Because when you literally yell and scream on Twitter, sometimes it will go into the void of literal nothing. If yes. your game is breaking, you shout on Twitter, it does nothing. Well, it does something, but like not to that certain degree to the right people, because they have forms for that. They have a dedicated Sims form on people who actually look at the stuff every single day. That's their literal job. Yeah. That I'm like, go over there, go to the forms. Well, not the actual forms, the the um the QA website or whatever. That's where you're supposed to go to com mm -hmm. to complain basically in the right manner about what's causing your game to break. They'll literally break it down for you. Do you have any mods? Do you have any CC? Can we have your save out and look at it more deeply? Like they literally will dissect the whole thing for you and yes. tell you X, Y, and Z why this is breaking, or you should do this in a different way, or whatever. They've helped me with several things, even without like even before I was a game changer and everything. I was like, what's going on with my game? Please help me um because i became an ea game changer back before it was called the creator network i was i started got into the program back when it was uh get together yeah get oh, together wow. was the second expansion pack we got for the sims 4 that's when i got in mm -hmm. so it was like a long time ago and i feel like it was definitely very different we we had sims camps which was very fun they were very small and very intimate they don't do them anymore which i'm very sad and i wish they would do more of them i miss ea play that was very fun but um i don't know i think it was definitely a different time back then and now yeah. the program has changed for the better i feel but also in a different way but i stay in my own little circle with my amongst my friends and and we can just kind of chill basically but Good answers across across the board. Now, what I was gonna ask you is, I'm Daddy EA. I'm business daddy. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna grant your wish. You get yeah. to 
what what would what do you need added into the sims 4 do you think that will make it complete or whole more things for elders and infants i mean ever since they literally added infants well at first it was just elders but then they added an infant and i'm like okay there's two life stages that literally have nothing but a lot i feel yes. elders have a lot of things they can do but they are a little bit more fragile and a little bit weird i made a whole video about like why we need better elders in the sims 4 yes. and it's like my friend little simply made a whole video about elders as well but about cruises which i think is a good idea to have cruise ships in the sims yeah. 4 more so rabbit hole or some type of like going on the lot but it's not moving which yes. i'm fine with that We've had nine years of the Sims 4 at this point. I'm okay with things not moving. Um, like cards, I don't want them. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but um, I would love more things for elders where they have a better way that after they retire, their golden years are the best years where they have yeah. a chance to really immerse themselves into their life. Golfing would be really cool. Croquet would be very cool. Shuffleboard would be very fun. I mean, different types of foods. I know with the new expansion pack, they said that we have five new traits and there's an elder Pacific trait called wise because the older you get, the more wise you get. Absolutely. And I like that. And we yes. needed more things for elders that kind of separated them from the other life stages because they all feel the same. Yes. Sometimes they dress the same, sometimes they act the same, but mm -hmm. they have their different ways of acting. Elders have like they can retire they can they can go get a part-time job a full-time job if they want to which would be crazy they can go back to university they yeah. can you know hang out with their grandkids they can move in they can stay over they can exercise they can do all these different fun things but it's like that feels like a younger side of the sims like what we need for them is more things specifically for them and then with infants they're brand new. They came with base game untouched with growing together. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we need, I would love to see daycare. Daycare yeah. in The Sims would be really cool to have. I feel like we need new ways of like schooling, like having private school or boarding school would be very fun. Throwing teenager parties, like incorporating where parents get a free vacation like we had in The Sims 3 and a teen throws a party, that would be very fun and random. And I think having a walking cane, just because I'm nostalgic yes. like that for The Sims 3, oh, it's so good. But no, I think elders need a lot more, infants need a lot more, and I think that's what would make the game complete for me. I guess like also having another like cultural world, I would love a world based on like Africa would be very cool, or like an African type style world would be really cool. More hairstyles, more POC hairs would be very nice to have as well, because I'm running low on my CC and I, I love my custom content, but sometimes I got too much and I need to take some stuff out. So having the end game stuff would be way better when we have more representation. So that is all. I love that. Um, that's all I've literally been saying for like the last like six months to a year is I want, I want a golden ages. I yeah. want, I want walking canes. I want wheelchairs. Not just for elder, but for everybody. Yeah. For proper representation. I want missing limbs. Not everybody has two legs and two arms. Mm -hmm. Um, I want oh, sign language. Sign language. Sim uh, yeah, if you're if you're blind. Mm -hmm. Or if you're deaf. 
Like I want those kinds of stuff added to the game. I want more inclusivity for more disabled. I want to see wheelchair ramps. I oh, want to love that. I want to see everybody be able to make themselves in the Sims. And I want, um, diff- I want more body types. I want proper dis- distribution yes. of fat. Why is everybody like out to here? Yeah. Um, I was so mad when I saw, so get growing together. I was like, oh my God, we're going to get retirement homes. Like, yes. Oh, literally saying. I literally said this. I, I held a whole podcast dedicated to that whole topic of like, we're going to finally get retirement homes. And I was so mad because I, my whole, my whole theory is why do we go from 45 to 110? Why, yeah. do, why are we like, I literally just made a post um, on Instagram this week. I was like, the literal bachelor has a golden years. How come That's EA funny. does not have a golden years? And like, why are we skipping over it? In my opinion is probably like the, best gen like age range because it is tired like this is this is what i want here i want special interactions between grandparents and grandbabies that can only happen if you're like super high up because that's because that's real life yeah that's real life right so like why are elders sent out to pasture and they live for five minutes so mm-hmm. I want elders completely redone. Daddy EA, call me. I have ideas. <laughs> um, please, if you're, call, if you're here, please pick up the phone. I swear. I know you listen. We're, we're, we can be friends for this one. But like, but this is what we want. And yeah. I, I I get into fights all the time on online because they're like, we know we need preteens. No, no, no. no. We don't need I... another stage for fucking hundred babies. I'm sorry. We don't. No. No. I, I feel a lot of people do want preteens and like, no, please. Because no. we just already redo have... teens. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Just read why no, teens fine. and young adults look the same. Like, did they like is it the writers of Riverdale on the Sims team? Like teenagers do not look like they're 40. Teenagers no. are shorter and they're funny and they're skinny and they're full of ac- some of them acne. And yeah. they just kind of like they look cute, like they look like kids. They're not 20. It's like basically oh i'm 19 to 20 i'm an adult now like they like you they they don't do anything they just like slightly get taller and their cheeks get a little less puffy yeah yeah i do have the mistake of making my teenagers look a little bit older like i just made a teenager well i didn't make a teenager i aged up a child to a teen and made them look a little bit more older just because the story that i was telling yeah for me i'm like ooh, this just looks a little bit crazy but going back to the whole teenager stage, because I was talking about this for a very long time on my streams, and I think several videos I was talking about, which I should make a video about at some point soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but like children and teens, it's like the the gap between them two are like very vital for like just growing in general in real life. Yes. Like the first half of a child's life stage is like childhood years. Whatever lifespan you play on, that little chunk half is that yeah. childhood stage. But then the second half is like your preteen years. You get a little bit awkward. You may have some acne or something like as a child. You don't get taller. You don't do anything, but you have like special little interactions that really make them teenager-like, but not full-on teenager. The first half of the teenage life stage is still that preteen stage. Like that whole little gap right there is what the preteen stage should be. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they get past the whole half part, first half of their teenage lifespan, they're a full-on teenager whether you're playing on short, normal, or long lifespan. Yes. And you experience all of that. But then I can also see how, like, 
they need to see like different ways of how they act, how they grow. And it's hard because I don't think that we'll ever have a way where it could be like having these certain features in base game. The way the game functions now, it's like you need a certain pact in order to have the full-fledged features. What I was a little bit upset about, but also happy about at the same time, we got infants. That was really cool. I love that life stage so much. But in order to feel the full effect of infants, you would need growing together to experience literally everything about them. The milestones, the special interactions, the the um the the cribs and yeah. well not the cribs but the changing tables basically because yeah. we have base game changing tables well actually no no we don't we don't have changing tables in base game but we have the ones in growing together that function like changing tables and it's like base game users who have the game only the base game only get infants their favorite foods or they're not favorite foods and that's literally it and it's so sad and i wish there was more that they added and included into the base game initially for infants when we got growing together to make them a little bit more alive and i say this like so kindly base game people lucky because i'm telling you those milestones are fun but they are a hassle they the infants require so much more work than anything else because they tend to the needs more often than any other life stage and i have had this on multiple occasions where i will get a hurt sentiment from the older kids because i wasn't paying attention to them more like more Mm -hmm. than the younger kids so it was like very weird but still with that being said i think that a lot of the times infants need it more and we needed more ways to make the life stages a little bit more different compared to the others and teenagers specifically they're like at the pit of their whole life, whether they're just starting or whether they're going to age up into the life, the lifespan, whether it's college or a full flown job. So it, you got to think about like, what do we really want? What do we really want to see in this like lifespan, whether it's literally just for kids or mm-hmm. just for teenagers, because we can't have both. Nope. We, we wish we could, but we can't. But I don't know. I think that we just definitely need to have a better mindset of like what we clearly want in The Sims rather than just listing X, Y, and Z, you know? I, yeah, I agree. Know. I agree. And I, I hope that like EA will continue to listen to us mm-hmm. and, and be able to say like, like these are things that we want. And obviously beggars can't be choosers. We get what we get and we will, be, and The Sims will just be like, deal with it. I just yeah. kind of hope more that once project renee picks up a little bit more off the ground that they're not going to forget about sims 4 i don't think they're going to for a long time uh like personally i'm not going to go run over and buy project renee day one because i spent a lot of money a lot of money (laughs) on the sims (laughs) 4 Mm -mm. that is like that is like a rent payment there, my friend Uh uh-uh i'm sticking here for a very long time um I guess the only thing like else I would maybe add is obviously, you know, a little bit more like able body, but like, like you said, like mm-hmm. after I would say my, my, like my ideal world would be an African pack, um, South American, mm-hmm. um, and then Australian Ooh, or yeah. like New Zealand and Fiji kind of like out in there or an actual proper Caribbean pack. That's not like a, a knockoff of Hawaii like true yeah. Caribbean life and get mm-hmm. the culture of yeah like, like they did with like Sulani yeah but like knock off Hawaii but like I yeah. want like 
but like get me like Turks and Caicos like let's get me like more of like are like I'd love to see a Portugal pack or a North Korea, no, sorry, South Korea, South Korean, South Korean pack, <laughs> um, or like an like an India world. Like I would yeah. love to start. See, I'm tired of Western based worlds. Do not give me any more Western based worlds. I'm, like I don't want a Canada world, and I'm from here, and I don't want it because it's it's gonna be Justin Bieber floating around with Drake with one Tim and one Tim Hortons in like every fucking world. Like that's Ooh, gosh, Canada. No. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> that's Canada world right there. Um, but I, but what I want the most is them to have all these worlds, but have people from those parts of the world in the room where it happens. So yes. they, so they get to be part to make sure that it's not a caricature or making fun of the world or not understanding the proper um traditions that go in right. to all of these worlds. So that that's like if I had business daddy. If I got to talk to him, that's what I would want. It's just proper representation. As mm-hmm. as a small white girl, I can make myself in The Sims like that. And I see myself right away. And I know a lot of people out there have to have CC or mods to be able to create themselves. And I don't think that's fair. So No, especially no. for console players. Because I always feel so bad for console players because they can't download mods or CC. They can try, but it won't work. But it's, mm-hmm. it's hard for them to do certain things. And I'm like... For me specifically, I always express like I have custom content. I'll use it to the end of the earth, but I'll never put any CC in my bills and upload them to the gallery because that's not fair to other people. Because I want them to one experience a game differently, but also mm-hmm. enjoy my builds as well. Because I feel I feel like I work really hard on my builds sometimes, but it's like I want them to see the difference of like what a PC player built versus a console player, but also download yeah. the builds and have fun the same way that we all do so but i never put cc in my own builds for personal reasons i like my own personal gameplay i'll put cc in anything mm-hmm. but gallery never no my sims however that's a different story oh but i think it's something that like i'm a huge blue okay so i fight for cc in all aspects of the game because as a storyteller yes. i i cc everything oh yeah because like god forbid we have a half open door in the sims like <gasps> like we just got decorative pillows and the decorative pillow we got was garbage but like mm-hmm. the cc i add into my story makes it real like and 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 that's what's kind of missing however if i say i'm cast mm-hmm. i i use cc they're like obviously cast is garbage without cc i'm a builder mm-hmm. and i use and i use cc you're not a builder the, oh no gosh. no you're not a you could have used red shelf or whatever the other uh yeah. tool you're not a true no there's some stuff like i when i build now i build for what i want if i have a vision i'm getting my vision like i made the harry potter um grand foyer in a collab i did two years ago okay mm-hmm. we don't have food in the sims that i can like put out on the table to make it look like a grand feast of candy no, it would take me forever to have your sim make all that food and then place it. Yes. So, or I can go candy CC and download it and it's there. True. Right. So, like, does that not say that I'm not the best builder that I didn't spend 17 years making my sim make candy? No, mm-hmm. Sure. Some people may feel that way. However, I'm more like, hey, I had a vision. I want my vision to come to be. Let's give builders a little credit because building is yes. very hard. 
and if Especially. they want to use CC, let, yeah. let, let's let them use CC. Because there's so many talented CC creators out there that literally uh-huh. build stuff for builders. So Yeah, and some people also, the CC creators either make this as like their full-time job or like literally do it as pure enjoyment just yeah. because they love the Sims, but they also like sharing their creations to other people. So I like give the CC creators creators proper credit if you use their stuff you know use their stuff because they they love seeing that they don't hate people who use their stuff because that would be crazy i feel Mm -hmm. but um that's just me on my opinion but i think that a lot of people like custom content is free in some aspects depending on who you are um but i think mostly it's like custom content is there for people to download and to enjoy like for example i use a lot of custom content for like my builds that i use in my own personal gameplay like i love hey harry and i love felix alexander i love um six cc i love little dicka like those cc creators are fantastic and there's so many people out there and I recently have been downloading a lot of gameplay mods lately, like Panda Sama mm-hmm. and like Lumpio and Where's Boo and Deadpool. Like, and we all know MCC and we all yes. know UI cheats. The staple two mods everyone should have, I feel at this point, yeah. whether you use it or not, you gotta have it. Mm-hmm. Um, Panda Sama is really good when it comes to like, they make the realistic childbirth mod, which in a sense, it's literally what you think um it's a lot but it's so cute and adorable but when you add in lumpio i'm saying that name completely wrong but they made a whole mod of i think 17 different modules of the pregnancy overhaul mod that they made and it makes the whole pregnancy thing so realistic on top of the realistic birth mod where you can like have adoptions you can have um surrogates you can have you know a all these different things you can temp- you can separate temporarily or permanently or as another option. And it's so wild on how in depth the modding community and the custom content creator community is so wildly talented where they take the literal game files and make something so huge. Ravishing is a whole nother person that I adore so much. I got to meet them in person and they're so cool and creative way where they literally take the in-game files and manipulate it to make their own thing. They made a newspaper stand. It sounds so simple, but no. As a game player and a storyteller, I love that newspaper stand. I love the whole bus depot transportation thing that they made. Like simple things that make the game better. Yeah. And, and, And that's exactly it. It just adds to the game. It just yeah. makes the game better and it's whatever your vision wants to whatever it is whatever mm-hmm. you want it to be there's cc for everything yes i kid you not well, now would i love golf yes because we have a golf course in in newcrest that we can't access and i'm like it's right there but we can't yeah. get to it um but no i think there are certain things that we could definitely have but it's out there it's just gotta search for it sometimes but that's the fun part about it searching for custom content that you want to have yes i could not agree more well i got a couple more questions for you we're gonna wrap up yeah okay talk to me about sparked i want to hear oh my God. i want to hear about your journey i want to hear like how did you how, how did you like get in did you apply like once you got there and then like everything all the chaos that happened afterwards so i was handpicked by ea to be unsparked from what from my point of view from what i've seen um through emails and stuff i got handpicked hand selected by ea to be on the sim sparked 
um it was filmed late 2019 mm -hmm. so it was all the before the pandemic and it came out in the pandemic and people thought we filmed it in the pandemic which was crazy um which we didn't but it was filmed in tw late 2019 um there were four teams and it was really really cool i know we had um you know like a lot of the summer thing probably already know like x me or mira simlissi Dr. Gluon, English Simmer, Steffo Sims, Dr. Ashley, um, Plum Bellas, Improved, um, D Sims, Urban Sims, and I'm forgetting one person. I feel so bad. Uh, I don't know, but there's so there's so many people on the Sims Spark that really made everything so worthwhile, and it's like that whole journey itself was just nice. Yeah. Being able to be on the show of filming it for the first episode first four episodes actually but also being um there at the headquarters and kind of going down the rabbit hole of doing x y and z at certain instances and oh little sia oh my gosh my good friend avery oh my gosh that was the other person that i forgot to mention little sia the just dance streamer that everyone should know she's a coach on just dance 2024 check it out free promo I don't know. I love my friends. I will talk about them every day. Um, but no, um, Sim sparked four episodes. It was on TBS and also on the BuzzFeed multiplayer YouTube channel, which you can still watch those episodes. But I will say, though, if you compare the TBS version and the BuzzFeed version, completely different editing uh, styles. Interesting. OK. Yeah. It's like there's like the TV version that we all know. And there's a the, uh, YouTube version. Like you can only show certain things on TV. You can only show certain things on YouTube. Yeah. So the editing had to be different. Um, the judges were very nice. We had Taylor Park, which who played Little Arnez in Hairspray, which I did not know that at the time, and I was shocked and very happy. Kelsey and PGK, uh, Singer and Ninja, and then the host of the of the show which was his name uh Rayvon Owen who is an avid simmer he I think he formed on American Idol I think at one point but um I will say 14 hour work days very stressful a lot going on mm -hmm. um it was definitely an experience because they painted Gluon as the villain and if you know Dr. Gluon you know he's not an evil person he's so kind so mm -hmm. amazing so creative that like he isn't that person but they kind of painted him the, painted him the villain in the editing which made it awful and gave him a lot of hate for that during this little episodes but we've gone past that things are now yes. much better um People always ask me, like, will I ever do The Sims Park again? No, I will never do it ever again. Trauma. Um, but I would love to go back as a judge or a mm -hmm. mentor, but never a contestant. Because reality TV, as we all know, is always, you know, glamorized and just very weird. So I would never want to be a contestant ever again on a reality TV show because that stuff is stressful but the experience that i had on it was fun because i was amongst friends who i consider my family and i knew the place I, i've been to the headquarters several times so it was like not going into it blind and i think with all like literally all of us on the on the sims park we knew the developers we knew the producers we knew everyone so it was like just going back home like just yeah. going to another little place so it was like 
not really scary, but the scary part was like the whole filming part and the pressure and like the timing, the challenges were, were definitely a lot. But coming out from that, it gave me a good experience of like thinking on my feet a little bit more quicker with like storylines, building, and also creating sims and editing way different to make it more cohesive and make it make sense. So I would say it was a subpar experience that I enjoyed. Would never do again, but you know. Do you ever think there would be a second season? No, I don't think they'll ever do it. Um, Just because I think one, it was filmed in late 2019, all before the pandemic. And also it was something at the time when they think they were trying to do competitive gaming for The Sims and that kind of died off after a while. I know um, they had like a whole dedicated team to the whole competitive gaming thing for The Sims and just in general, which they still do have like Apex and the other EA games, but not for The Sims anymore. But um, I don't think they ever would do the actual show show, but what I miss that came out of it was the spark challenges that they had on the gallery for the actual community to be involved in which yeah. i feel like that was really fun and it was really exciting because it made people be more creative and more stylized with what they were creating for like sims or builds or stories that they were trying to tell so that part i do miss because it was a good thing that came out of a, a scary traumatic thing i feel um but i will say though what also came out of that, I think also sparked, <laughs> sparked um, a good thing because um, not the winning team, the winning team that was was Gluon, Simlessy, and X Mirror Mirror, their team won, but Simproved, English Simmer, and Plumbella's team, their build specifically, or yeah, I think their build that they did, that Simproved made, got into Eco Lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And since then, they started, I guess, thinking of the idea saying, hey, we should have simmers make builds for our packs so we don't have to, or getting them more involved into our production of the games. So good things came out of it, but it was traumatic filming it. I bet, how long was the filming? I'm curious. Um, It was like a week. Okay, it's like everything was a week or you were there for a week? Everything was a week. Everything was a week. So yeah. you started on a Sunday, ended on a Sunday kind of idea? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Oh 14 God. hour days. So we didn't get back to the hotel until like 1, 2 a.m. A lot of stops and starts because we had to like, you know, refilm a scene or like redo certain things like at different scenarios, say different words, stuff like that. Um, but 14 hour work days, as most productions usually are. So it's like pretty much standard, I feel. Um, but it was a lot. <laughs> it was mentally draining, I will say. You can ask literally anyone on the show. We'll all say the same exact thing. It was mentally draining. We would never do it again. Um, I love but, that. Um, I like the honesty. I don't know. A lot of people are like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I had yeah. people, I had people specifically ask me to ask you about Spark. So yeah. <laughs> people we, just don't know. Um, there we go, like guys. We, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was good, but lots mm-hmm. of work. It was lots of work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think the one thing though about it is like the filming part, the way it was filmed was definitely a lot. I think doing the challenges in that moment was okay i think we were just not used to the whole cameras being in our face and asking us questions several times i think that's what 
what I felt because at that time, which was crazy, I was still in school mm -hmm. and I already had another job and I was in finals week while filming the show. So I was going crazy trying to do finals and also try to film the show at the same time and also do some other things on the side as well. But um, yeah, something that I think a lot of people don't know is that reality TV, it's, it's real, but it's also fake at the same time. Yeah, oh, 100%. It's all fake. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fine. Well, I'm happy that you, you went and you had an experience. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think it'd be curious. I think I'd like to see it come back, but like do it a little bit differently. I don't mm -hmm. know if EA would ever, like you said, ever bring it back. Cause I feel like that, like that genre is kind of dead, but like maybe do something differently with it. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what daddy, that business daddy's doing, but they um, were going to make a movie or they were going to make a movie about the Sims a long time ago and yep. companies, things fell through, didn't happen. And so the Sims spark became a thing, something that Sims, they wanted to do something Sims related and capitalize on the Sims community because we're a huge community. We're very yep. dedicated. I would say the most dedicated franchise fan base in the entire world. Absolutely. We are like, we are loyal. Like we'll, we'll say we hate the Sims several times, quit playing, but we'll come back literally in two years. I know. It's cause it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's a hold on us. Yeah. Um, I, that, I mean, that's the greatest part about the Sims. I, I mean, that's a good part about Sims. Like we can pick it up and put it down. Mm -hmm. Like really anytime. anytime exactly. Well, um, I got a, I got a fun question for you because I was doing some research because I, oh. <laughs> I didn't go blind into this interview as I typically do. I saw that you have a coloring book. Oh my god! Oh, yes, I, I saw. I okay. <laughs> um, I need to know all these details about your coloring book. So this coloring book I made back in. Well, I released it in. I think I released it this year, I believe. I don't remember. It's been a long time. But I, it took me a whole year to create the coloring book just because, one, I had just got an iPad and I wanted to be more creative with my iPad. And I, I draw. I do a lot of things. And I was like, what if I make my own coloring book? I said I wanted to be a published author one day. And I still do. And I am now because I have a coloring book. But it's like... I always drew random lines on everything I did in high school and I would make them more defined and more detailed and add different things to make it more lifelike. And when you look on Amazon and you look on these different websites, it's all these like same old, same old coloring books that have all these same different themes. And it's like, where's the originality? Where's the, the, the creativeness to all of this? Mm -hmm. But it's like, quick and easy thing to put out and publish and get money from, which is like, you know, valid, understandable people do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. But for me, I wanted to put into the hard work and like really take my time with something that I wanted to create. So I spent a whole year making several different coloring pages, whether they were Christmas related, Halloween related, random lines, isometric designs, I wanted to do something. So I made a bunch of different pages. I think I had 23 different designs in one book. And I made it and I published it. Took a few times because, you know, sizing and things, but I had so much fun making something out of 
nothing out of my mm -hmm. own brain and a lot of people seem to like it a lot of people bought my color which is very nice whether it's physical or digital because i have the physical one on amazon which you all can buy it's just hello spring coloring book or you can check out the digital version on my website which is my online stationery store which by the way there's a sale going on right now until the end of this year where i have a bunch of like stickers art prints and cool other fun digital downloads you all can download including the digital version of my coloring book so yeah i'm making a second one right now because my community had reached a sub goal saying release your coloring book for the second one I'm like okay so i'm making the second one currently while on top of maybe writing a book like physical writing a book of okay. my own stories so I got some things up my sleeve that could possibly be happening next year. Who knows? But yeah, the coloring book took time, but it was worth it. And it's something that I enjoy because I love coloring. It's very relaxing, very therapeutic. It makes the time go way faster. And it's just like a fun little thing to color in while you're bored. I love this. Now, I have two more questions and we're going to wrap her up. Now, I, fun. This is a fun question. It kind of relies on the coloring book question. Mm -hmm. So obviously your favorite color is yellow. Oh, of course. What is the story behind that? Because I, I have my first diploma is in color theory. So mm -hmm. it means I'm really good at reading colors. I have a $5,000 piece of paper that's saying I can identify <laughs> colors. Thanks Which graphic I think design. I know a thing or two. Yeah. Um, yellow is a lot of people's least favorite color. Mm -hmm. on a so I'm very curious to see why is yellow your favorite color? Well, like it it screams positivity, happiness, joyful, uh, sunshine. I mean, the sun is yellow. You need it to live, honestly. Um, but no, my like my literal entire life, all the schools I've ever went to, the main like one of the main colors was yellow or gold. Okay. So it's like it stuck with me my entire life, and I couldn't get rid of it. And as I got a little bit older, and my mindset changed about a lot of things. I was like, let's incorporate some yellowness, some happiness. It it makes me smile whenever I see something yellow because it's like, that's really cool. And it's bright and it's literally in your face and it makes you want to smile even more because it's like, it's just cool. And it means the world. And I'm like, let's make something out of it. Let's make it a brand of myself to show that positivity can go a long way. Kindness is free. And yellow is like that bright, shiny, kindness, positive thing that you need in your life every day. Because, you know, blue is cool too. I like blue as well. And it's like certain colors just make people happy and yeah. yellow makes me happy. I love that. What actually leads perfectly into my last question. Uh, as I've, I've recently started following you on Instagram. You share positive uh, thoughts, wishes, and prayers almost every day. I really do appreciate that as a content creator, we get wrapped up on forgetting the good sides of everything. Now I want to ask you, what do you do every day to stay positive? You know, honestly, that's a hard question. Cause I'm like, Sometimes I got some down days and I don't know what to think and I don't what don't know what to do. And I think trying to what makes me happy and what makes me positive every day is making other people positive and other people happy. That's what makes me get out of my bed every day. That was that what makes me excited about life and knowing that 
I'm making someone smile makes me want to smile. But also I have good people around me. I have my parents, I have my friends, I have my family around me, you know, just encouraging me, supporting me with what I do every day and and showing that no matter what I do, I just got to keep on doing it and doing it without apology and having fun. I think that is the best answer. Uh, Spring Sims, thank you so much for coming here today. Any any fun projects you want to plug? Anything. You can plug anything. Well, well, well. So um, I have, uh, I'm working on a little machinima video. I'm actually working on two little machinima videos that hopefully will be out this month or next month. I am working on my second coloring book, bringing back my podcast next year, 2024. Could be releasing on my birthday. I don't know, but you know, 2024 be on the lookout. Um, and I might have some cool voiceover acting projects coming soon that are n- not struck work, something that I can actually promote and do. So be on the lookout for that as well, whether it's Sims related or non Sims related. But other than that, that's all my fun, special little announcements. If you all want to follow me anywhere on any platform, it's literally Spring Sims, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch. I literally stream on Twitch every single day, Monday through Saturday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., but on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. But um, yeah, it's all my little stuff. Oh my goodness, there's so much stuff going on. Please, 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 please go follow Spring Sims. The links are going to be below. It has been an absolute pleasure getting yeah. to sit down and talk to you. I feel like I've known you my entire life. fun thank you for having me on the podcast i would love to come back if you ever need another guest i'm sure you're you're probably booked and busy already but you know if you ever need another guest on i'm always happy to talk even more because i can talk forever you are welcome back anytime anytime (laughs) literally anytime well um Thank you again so much, Spring Sims. If you would like to check out the rest of this podcast, please, I have an entire series. Um, please go check them out. I'm on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, anywhere you, anywhere podcasts are played, I, I am there. Uh, please go support uh, OMG Sims. I play Amy as the Yes, I'm actually playing Liam in the next, I think, episode. I have to record my lines, though, so oh. I do that. But I'm going to be playing Liam, and I'm very excited about that. So. Uh, Welcome to the OMG family. It's a very fun place to be. Yes. Um, please go check out Davenport. I also play Amy on Davenport. Wait, uh, really? Oh wait, that's right. I do. I play oh both. Gosh. I play both Amy's because I'm fun <laughs> like that. Uh, please go check out the House House of Goth. I'm also in that as well. Um, please go if you like a youth fantasy graphic novel. Please go check out my Sims story, The Rose Chronicles. We are currently on our winter break, but we will be back in 2024 with finishing up the book after three years. I'm very excited to sh- finally get this chapter of my life close up do you did you like this podcast and want to be part of it i'm currently booking spots for season three either a podcast interview or a written interview so please stay tuned for that as well i have two special projects that one will be released next month and one will be released in february so please stay tuned to everything and please go follow spring sims he's an absolutely amazing creator and the community would not be the same without you yeah Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. We'll have a great rest of your night. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.